Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, crappy quiz and a slight tangent. World Cup B is growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) As a name. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. So, Leinster play Leicester on Good Friday in the Aviva. I'm delighted to say Matt Williams is with us to help preview the game. Matt, good morning to you. How are you going on? Good morning, Jim. Morning, Shane. Very, very good, mate, as always. Fingers crossed the weather's slightly better and we get to see Leinster play more of their natural game against Leicester on Friday. Um, where where are Leinster at at the moment? Because it's difficult after a game like that where you're so heavily favourites against a team who you definitely have the number of and you're just getting all your players back into your system. So there was a little bit of uh, dirty diesel that they had to get out of their system and then just as the game wore on, the, the cream rose to the top. So what what as a coach are you looking for this week to get them a slight beat higher than they were against Ulster? You described it very well, Joe. I was watching the match and a um, few of the old mafia of, of Leinster players and staff, there was a few texts and one of them, a great mate of mine, Brady Igo, says, uh, you know, they're, they're very slow out of the blocks. They, they're not together. And if, you, if we consider Leinster's last few months, and the last time that group played in a blue jersey was January. So it's understandable uh, and not only understandable, it's to be expected that they came into that match uh, not mentally unprepared. They would have been very much looking forward to it and and keen after the, the joys of the Six Nations and the Grand Slam. But there's a whole lot of things they had to overcome, the, the emotions of the Grand Slam, getting their head back into it, back into the Leinster system, back playing again uh, in, in the Leinster system, although it's almost identical to the Irish System, but it's just different, and and that takes a bit of time. But you could see as the game went on, the confidence was there, the class was there, the determination was there, and and it moved forward. And I think Leo would be, um, I think he'd be delighted with the last two games, not just not just the last game uh, against Ulster, but the game prior to that against the Sharks at the RDS, which was one of the ballsiest bravest draws I have ever seen. And I, I, I think Leo um, would be absolutely delighted with the, with the determination the younger guy showed and the older guy showed that say to this team, the, 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 the team that ran out against Ulster and will run out against Leicester, that there's something behind the club that is driving it forward. And that is, a, you know, that is an anger from what happened to them last year and a drive to get it right. And the fact that Sexton's not there, uh, is obviously a major blow. But I do think it's also a driving factor to say, well, we've got to overcome this. And obviously Josh Vanderfleer is not going to be there this week. But I, I think for the motivation and the drive and the fact that it's in Dublin uh, again, and they know the final's in Dublin, but hopefully a semi-final as well, that they've got a whole lot of pluses to keep fighting for. In a week like this again, where they are favourites against a Leicester side who they managed to beat at the same stage of the competition last year, uh, it's not. It's not a question of complacency. It's just a, a question of making sure that you're inflicting. You're the ones doing the, the controlling of the the game flow. So, what are you focusing on um, as, as a group and as a team? Is it just fundamentals? Is that all you can do in a week like this? Is just make sure that the scrum is good, the line is good, our restarts are good, your skills are good, and then after that, we're gonna. We know exactly what we're trying to do here. 
pretty much uh, they've only got a six day turnaround. They drew the Friday evening, which is you know it still it throws your week out. That that twenty four hours is is crucial. Um, and I, I I think what Leinster do better than just about anyone since at club level since Joe Schmidt's time is they get that their week's preparation very very uh, accurate as in their work the the rest to work ratio so they're peaking and feeling at their best for Friday night. These guys have had a long year. They 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 you know the, the majority of that team has just won a Grand Slam as I said. So they're still match fit. They don't have to worry about that. They've just got to get there. That the difference between Leinster playing brilliantly and playing average is getting the ball in front to your hands or getting the ball back to your shoulder. If the ball's back here, they don't play brilliantly. If the ball's here, their system just clicked. And there's another part to that, which is shutting down uh, what Leicester do, which is an aerial game, a very strong kicking game, and a very dominant forward pack. So like all these big games, it's going to be the boys up front that get the get the domination, get the lay down the platform. And if they lay down the platform, it'll make Jamison Gibson Park and Ross Burns roll so much more, uh, I wouldn't say easier, but it'll allow them to be more effective. And if they're effective, uh, then I'll get that back line and the whole attack going. So you're right. There are some basics, and obviously a set play is is part of it, but it's just the difference of success is, is, is literally a few millimetres and centimetres between where the passes go. And it, and it was a wet day. You could see a lot of the passes were back on that inside shoulder. So if you're getting a pass on your inside shoulder, you have to wait. Whereas if, if what Leinster do really well is get a pass out in front, they accelerate onto the ball, get their footwork going, they're, they're a handful. You mentioned the fundamentals there, uh, Matt, of, of the Leicester Tigers team, like the kicking game and winning the aerial contest and that sort of thing. And Wigglesworth has, has put his stamp on the team as well since he's come in, but... Is it just more difficult for a team to do that when when you're away from home? Like a, Leicester Tigers at Welford Road, for example, would be a, a much different prospect to, to, to perhaps this Friday. Oh, I have just shown you your spot on. There's been so many um, studies done on this home and away uh, success rate, and and because it does, it's not not a rugby thing; it's a sports thing across across um, both genders, the men and women's game. If you're at home, you, your chances of success are exponentially higher than, than when you're on the road. And that's just a human thing. It's just the psychology of it. Um, and they tried the, so many sports psychs have tried to define it and change it, and it's just how we're wired. Uh, we, you know, we, we come home, we relax when you're in your own home. We use that word, our ground, we say, well, well that's our home. So you come in and it's familiar. It's It's got the ring of uh, success about it when you talk about the Aviva or the RDS to, to Leinster. Because they've been successful there as a club and as a, as with their national national team as well, so there is a huge huge advantage of being at home. The other one is you don't have to get on a plane, you don't have to be in a hotel. All these little wearying things that that do drag you back. Uh, as I'm sure, if you talk to the Munster boys after being forced to go to uh, South Africa last week and then come home, and uh, those poor blacks just be shattered. In, in that travel. So there are a number of physical factors to it, but it's just that feeling, that security. You know, it doesn't guarantee you anything, but Leicester away definitely is, is a much uh, less daunting task than going to Warford Road, which is one of the toughest places in the in club rugby in the world to go. Having said all that, the, the way Leicester play um, is not a style of rugby I'm a fan of, uh, I think it's a, an awful way of playing the game, but I also have to admit it's highly effective. 
the kicking game, which we go back a few years and contesting, it takes out um, the need to have an organised offence. You're going forward through the boot. So you don't have to get organised like Leinster and the Irish teams are trying to do so correctly and the French teams where you're putting the ball through a series of passes to create space, then attack space. You're not creating the space because the space is behind the defensive line. You're just attacking it with a kick. It's awful to watch, but it's it's, it's effective. So if you don't deal with that, uh, as in the high ball, if you don't deal with the kicks well and you give the opposition the ball back or you make errors on it, that invites them into the game. So I guess it comes back to Jer's original question, what do you have to do? Um, you have to impose yourself on the game. We hear that often. What does it mean? If you get your game plan going against your opposition, what's your plan in defence and what's your plan of attack? If you get that going and can impose it on the opposition, you'll win that game. And Leinster are the best or one of the best in the world at club rugby of imposing their game on the opposition. And again, if we come back two weeks ago when you had the, the younger players and some of the old Warriors in there against the Sharks, at 17-0 down, how did they get in that game? They imposed themselves and their game plan on the opposition with some absolutely inspirational, desperational, desperational defence. Uh, and that, that's part of their plan, that they never beat and they never quit. They don't know how to lose and they just kept going at it. So all those factors add up to, to denying Leicester um, that kicking game, which is awful, as I said, but it is effective. I, I know that, obviously, the replacement of Sexton is a distributed thing and his leadership needs to be distributed amongst the pack and uh, everybody else, but there will automatically be focus on who fills the 10 jersey and it's clear that the role of understudy is, at the moment, uh, we know who that is. Having said that, uh, Crowley was picked at the weekend for Munster and is probably going to play 10 for the rest of the season from their perspective. And, you know, how they go in the, the rest of the URC will probably define how close he gets to being second choice. But it's right there at the moment for Ross Byrne. If he puts in three, four weeks of good quality, he's going to be our number two 10 in the World Cup. And there's a lot of game time for that player, given Sexton's injury profile. So um, it's fair to say this is a big out few weeks for him. It absolutely is a massive few weeks for Ross. Um, I've been a big supporter of Ross Byrne over the years. I believe in the young man. I just admire how he's handled himself over the last few years. The, you know, he was when they were beaten by uh, Ireland were beaten by England in the warm up game, World Cup warm up game in Twickenham four years ago. The entire country blamed him. And wrongly, it was the forwards. The forwards was one of the worst displays by Irish forward pack I've experienced in the professional era. I, I can't recall a worse one. They were absolutely annihilated, and everyone blamed the ten. Now he didn't play well, really. Like if you if you're winning, if you're a ten and you're playing well, you go. You always think the the, the nine guys in front of you, the, the pack and your nine, are the reason you're doing well because they're giving you time and space. He had no time and space. Didn't hear him complain. He didn't, didn't point the finger. He got dropped. He got ridiculed. Everyone said, you know, you finished. I, I would go to Dublin. People would say things, uh, how poor he was to me, and I, I would try and defend him, saying, look, the, the young guy will come back. And how he's reconstructed himself and how he's gone about grabbing his second opportunity is really admirable and I think inspirational to us all. Now, Ross, no one is going to be Johnny Sexton. No one, because Sexton's an all-time great. Right, you're going to have a 
in any sport, whatever they are, in any team sport, you, the person that's behind or replacing one of the all-time greats is is never going to be as good. It's not possible. That doesn't make Ross Byrne a poor player. As I said, if Ross Byrne had an Australian grandmother, he would have 60 or 70 caps for the Wallabies right now. But Sexton, for so long, has been such a dominant player that Ross hasn't had the opportunities that are in the green jersey. Now, the thing that's changed about Ross Byrne is his attitude. When Ross Byrne came on the field there in the in the Six Nations, he had he, his eyes changed. And I, I was at the Virgin Media Studio, and I'm, I'm pointing at it, saying that Shane Byrne and, and uh, uh, Shane Horgan, uh, rather, and Robbie Carney and Andrew Trim. I said, I'm saying, look at Ross, look at his eyes, look look at him. And man, he was angry. He was desperate. And and Robbie Carney said he knows the next 20 minutes might determine his next five years. Uh, what what a brilliant observation from Rob. And Berm went out there and he was angry. He was demanding before the Italian game. He was speaking. He was he was the leader, even though he wasn't captain. And I think he he knows this. He knows he's got a second shot at the title. And I think he's grabbing it with both hands. He's not going to be as good as Johnny Sexton. So let's not. Let's not get there. Let's not even bother comparing him. He just has to be competent and get the team around the field, which I know he is. And here's the other part. I hope the guy does really well because he's he's been really unfairly treated by the, the sporting community and on spoken about very poorly. And he's as I said, he's conducted himself in a really fabulous manner. And I, I hope he goes out and shows what he can do. Again, let's drop our expectation. He is not going to put in a performance like Sexton. Because he's not sexing, and no one else is in the planet. You've got to go down to Barrett and Richie Moonga and perhaps Entomac over in uh, France to start saying who are we comparing them with. But that does not mean that he is not a very, very uh, uh, highly uh, competitive professional player. He is. He's going to face uh, Pollard, the Springbok ten, who is is nowhere near as good a ball carrier and passer as Ross Byrne. Ross Byrne is far superior. Pollard is a magnificent kicker of the ball, mm. magnificent kicker of the ball. So we have two very contrasting uh, tens on Saturday. Um, but in my opinion, Byrne is better than him in one of those departments. So let's just see where the guy goes. I hope he can do it. I believe he will. Big, big few weeks for him. One last question then. Uh, Josh van der Fleer is out, right? And, uh, Scott Penny was in the, in the squad last week and has played very well and is kind of his natural successor at Leinster and, and many people think Ireland as well. But... Is there a world in which we have some experimentation and see somebody new playing at seven? Like we, we've seen Peter Mahoney play for the Lions at seven, even though it wasn't really part of his uh, his makeup. Strange things happen, I guess, is what I'm asking. Is there a world in which maybe we see Caelan Doris or Conan shift over just for a bit of experimentation's sake? You know, in a World Cup, you might need something like this. Yeah, I, 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 the answer to that is yes. Um, I'm pretty certain uh, Leo is only looking at the next 80 minutes. Like he's not thinking about a World Cup. He, you know, that this Leinster team, mate. I, I, I think if, to, to answer that question, we've got to come back. They're angry about what happened last year against Lara Shaw. They're hurt. That, you know, I, I have very, very rarely seen players as deeply affected by defeat as as Leinster were on that day. Uh, and, and Leo, who I know well, I coached him for four years. You know. They were dragged down into into dark places that I, I know where they they had to go, but I don't want to ever go there again as a person. Like it, it 
it rips you apart. They were ripped apart. The only way to get over that is to win. They'll never get that back. That's over. That's history. The only thing you can do to heal yourself is to win. And these guys are on a mission to do that. And you look at the draw, you look at the quality of the teams about, it's going to be really hard to do. There's a high-quality uh, series of quarterfinals coming up here and obviously going to be high-quality going forward. So Leo is only focused on beating Leicester. Full stop, end of story. Don't go past that. What he will do, he could pick Jack Cunningham. and that's something I thought. What Leo is, is probably the best coach I've ever seen at club level uh, in my lifetime is selections and getting his selections right. So whether he picks Penny, uh, or who I have to say has been absolutely superb over a fair swathe of this season, but hasn't got the opportunity because of the quality of the Leinster back row, uh, is he will know who's the best person for that. He will know who's going to do the job for him that he needs to do. But what a really good dilemma, having a lion in Conan and someone who played so superbly for Ireland uh, when he was called upon in the last uh, in that last game there, that beautiful, beautiful pass he delivered for the Grand Slam winning try. Having that dilemma, do I play him or do I play Penny, who's a highly experienced guy and playing in great form? Um, either way, whoever's yeah. on the bench is going to pay a, have a period of time on the field. First world problems, the kids say these days, Matt. Great to have you yeah, with us. Yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> Thanks a million. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.